So, has anybody ever called you a great lover? The greatest lover. Besides yourself. That's good, not today. So, uh, oftentimes we, we interact with, the, with great love as in big events. And so, somebody flies to Italy to propose, or you watch these different videos and they do these very, very... Uh, intricate things, big, huge things like, whoa, that was amazing. Um, even in, in your own relationships, right? You, you have this great date or you, you plan this amazing weekend away and, and everything goes great and wow, you're, what, what great love. This is great. Um, you've learned to give flowers. You learn to do different things. And, and, and yet, oftentimes in relationships, those big things can happen and then you slide back into being stuck. The passion begins to disappear. And many people have noticed that actually what can happen is you, you slide back and over time it takes bigger and bigger things to get that great love going. And if it gets bad enough, it doesn't matter how big it is anymore. It, it, it doesn't matter. Like it's, it, the passion is gone. And so today we're going to teach you how to be a great lover. We're going to address something you may have not thought about before. Uh, as we do, uh, we always start with uh, the Bible. And so we're going to start with a Bible verse. It's in Ephesians 4.29. We're going to teach through that, and then I'll, I'll go from there. We'll apply it. How do, we, how do we make this happen in our lives? So in Ephesians 4.29, it says this, do not let any unwholesome, the word unwholesome actually means rotten or putrid. Don't use anything that causes things to rot, that, that almost poisons them, but the idea is this horrible smell that comes along with it. Any unwholesome talk or communication, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Don't let it come from you, but only what is helpful. Helpful is, is a kindness. It's stronger than being nice. It's that you really make a difference with what you say. Only what is helpful for building others up. Building others up literally is like build a house kind of thing. We often say the word edify. I built someone up. They were here and, and I improved their life. I built them up from the inside out. Up Others up according to their needs. Now this can be a bomb for some of us. Because you're so used to communicating, you're so used to talking from your own need. You, you, you use phrases like, I, I had to get this off my chest. Almost always when you have to get something off your chest, something putrid comes out of your mouth. Almost always when you're like, hey, I just need to communicate this. I need to express myself. This is, I, I gotta say this. Almost always. Something putrid comes out of your mouth. The Bible's perspective, this particular verse, is, is one of the put-off, put-on principles. You, the way you change is you put something off by putting something else on. You don't just stop something, you replace it with something else. Others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. According to their needs is that you, you come to know their heart, you come to know who they are, and you come to know what they need. It's one thing to be good at talking. It's one thing to be a pleasant person when you talk. It's a whole other thing 
to know someone so well that you know this is not the time to talk about that. This is what they need. Not, what they, not necessarily just what makes them feel good. This is what they actually need to be built up. To build their spirit, to build their heart, to build their confidence, to build who they are. They need this truth at this time to be able to build them up. I'm going to do it according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. Another version says that it may give grace. To those who listen. Grace is when you give something people don't deserve. Grace is when I give you something you don't deserve, that it may minister grace. It's the exact thing they need at the right time, whether they deserved it or not. The way you put off putrid, the way you put off rotten speech is not by stopping talking. It's by replacing it with speech that gives exactly what they need at the right time, even if they don't deserve it. What's the big idea? The big idea for today is this. Grace applied where and with needed creates security. When you are with someone who is watching you, learning you, knowing you, and they speak because they're trying to build you up. That's what they're doing. That's how they live their life for. They want to be able to build you up. When, when you do that, anytime you do that, it creates security. You're like, whoa. Like, you're not here just for you. You're, you're really here for me. Like, you really care about me. Trust. Trust is not built because you never say anything wrong or you never have conflict Trust is built when you have conflict, there's real conflict, and the person goes, you know what, in this conflict, what I want to do is I want to make sure I build you up. So I want to make sure that what I say is going to build you up in this conflict. Trust goes through the roof. And passion. We said earlier in our series that lust feels just like passion in the moment, but it always leaves you empty. But passion, although it can feel just like lust in the moment, always leaves you fulfilled. Passion grows when grace is applied where it's needed. But words which slash, poison, and bludgeon destroy it all. In other words, you could really apply grace, apply grace, apply grace, but if you have this habit where your tongue at any moment, at any given time, when troubles get hard, when it gets hot in the room, when you don't get what you want, here comes slashing and poison and bludgeoning. It destroys the grace. It wipes it out. That's our big idea for today. Now, I'm going to guess I didn't teach you anything you didn't already know. I'm going to guess you're like, yeah, I know that. Come on, man. Teach me something I didn't know. So if you know that, why haven't you changed? If you know that, why do you still talk harshly to one another? Let me give you a little helpful hint. Only speak from the Spirit, not the flesh. 
Now, you may not be used to that terminology. The Spirit, the, the Bible teaches that when you become a believer, the, the, the Spirit of God indwells you. And so your spirit and his spirit, they actually become one. You don't become God. That's not what I'm saying. But his spirit and your spirit, it's like they become one. And then the flesh. The flesh is who you are without God. It's your natural state. This is the best way to understand the, split, the flesh. How many of you have had to practice lying, sarcasm, and cutting other people down? Not at all. Fifth grade, you're already an expert. How many of you have had to practice and even being disciplined into being kind, pleasant, and truthful? Most of us. The flesh is our natural state. So we only speak from the spirit, not the flesh. And here's one you may have never thought of. You speak to the spirit, not the flesh. You speak to their, not their feelings, but their soul, to who they truly are. So you probably have heard of street smarts. I bet a number of you have been around enough that you've got street smarts. You can walk into tough situations. You handle yourself pretty well. You, you know, if I came, I'd probably follow you just to make sure I was safe, right? Because you could handle yourself pretty well. Others of you are corporate smart. That means you can walk into a corporation. You can walk into those places, and you're pretty smart. You know, listen, you say this here. You don't say, hey, watch out. When that guy says that, he doesn't mean that. He has another agenda. You know how to play that field. They're both pretty similar. Both of them operate primarily from the flesh to the flesh. And even though in both places, the, street, the street's really big on, man, we're all in this together, we're all in this together. Corporations, the same thing. They do those big commercials, we're all in this together, this is great. Right, everybody's in it together until it's not good for me, then I'm out. Right? That's how corporations are, and that's how it is on the street. You don't actually trust anyone. The big mistake is to trust someone. But we want passion. And passion is the sharing of lives. So we want to be able to learn how to speak from my spirit to my wife Lori's spirit, not flesh to flesh. Helpful hint. Okay. To do this, you have to build a whole new vocabulary. Tone, timing, looks, and expression. It's not natural. For many of us, we have to literally rebuild because poison and putrid is so natural to us when we get mad that we have to come up with a whole new, whole new way to do it. It really wouldn't be helpful for me to go, okay, don't say any of these words, do say these words. Again, you already know that. But it hasn't changed the way you're interacting or where you're communicating with each other. So I, got, I have two things for you to do, and uh, these two things will actually free you up. It'll give you an opportunity to replace the way you operate now for a whole new way. Um, and so for the next section of the notes, if you guys are taking notes, 
Um, I'm going to go through this fairly quickly and then talk about it as a whole and then go through it fairly quickly and talk about it as a whole after that. Here it is. The way that you do this is that you accept God's call to be his tool to build into her. Guys, this is for you. God has called you to be his tool because he has a vision for your wife. There is something, there is someone that God wants to build your wife into. It's, it is absolutely, it's in the Bible. I didn't make this up. It's in the Bible. He has a dream for your wife. And it's this, that she has an incredible relationship with Christ. That she is secure, that she is the most loved woman in the world. That she is a great lover who loves to reveal her wholesome beauty first to you, your children, then your community. That she is a secure mom who loves and leads her family to Jesus. Now, guys, you've got to get a hold of this. You've got to get a hold of this. You spend 20 hours a day thinking about if your wife would just become like this, how great your life would be in all different forms. As a matter of fact, your disappointment with that dream comes out in victorial, vicious, mean things when you get in a fight. You, you say things that destroy and undermine all of this. Everything that you want, you want your wife to be, you will communicate she's not. Because you're so smart that you think if you cut her down, she'll grow up. You literally think if you cut her at the roots, like where it really counts, she'll grow up. God has a different plan. By the way, your plan stinks. It's not working. God has a different plan. His plan is you're not there to change your wife. You're there to be a tool in his hands. You see, he has a vision. He has something that he is building, and he has invited you to help him build it. But the only way that you do that is you submit to being his tool. You submit to, whoa, 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 I'm not here to change her. I'm here to do whatever God wants, to build this incredible, amazing, beautiful vision that he has for her. Ladies, same thing, only for him. Would you accept God's call to be his tool to build your man? Would you accept God's call on your life that the reason that you exist, the purpose that you exist is not to fulfill yourself. The purpose, the reason you exist is to be a tool in God's hands so that he can build the man he's trying to build. Because this is what God wants. This is God's vision for your man. Confidence in what he ha that he has what it takes in Christ. There is nothing like a man who from God believes he has what it takes. See, this man's not... He's not proud. He's not cocky. But wow, is he confident. So when he walks into a room, 
He doesn't need other people's approval. When he walks into a tough spot, he doesn't need other people's approval, so he does what is right because it's Christ that he follows. Security, that you believe in him and his leadership. God wants to build a man who knows his wife will follow him wherever he leads. A great lover who protects, provides, and cherishes you with all of his strength. You're like, well, that's my dream. No, that's God's dream. It's God's dream to build this man so that he believes that his entire purpose on life, in life, the way he measures whether or not he's succeeding in life or not is, is he protecting you, providing for you, and cherishing you? And lastly, a strong father who leads his family to Jesus. I know this. I don't know if you know this. But every time your man leads your children, the passion for him grows. It's what's your dream. But it's not your dream. And you can't make it happen. It's God's dream. But the question is, would you be willing to submit to God and be his tool So that in his hand, to create this guy, this man. Write this down. The reason I let my mouth run so unwholesomely, which by the way, did you know that you give yourself permission to talk the way you do? I know. No, I grew up this way. It's just the way I talk. Oh yeah? Yeah, I talk like this all the time. Really? I bet. If you're, I bet we could go to your house and you could be ripping on your family. The phone will ring. It's your boss or somebody you respect. Hello? You change in an instant. You're not out of control. You choose to give yourself permission to speak unwholesomely. Why would you do that? You already know what we talked about earlier. Why would you do that? I think you do it because you don't see God's vision for the person you're talking to. You don't see their heart. You don't see what God's trying to build. And number two, you don't see the role you play in it. You don't understand. You're going to be on one of two teams. You're going to be on God's team. And you're going to be a tool to help build that in that person's life? Or you're going to be on the other team? And the other team's goal, the whole goal, is to destroy the soul and the spirit of the person you love. The goal of the other team is to make sure passion never happens. He wants you separated. He wants you alone. He wants you mad at each other. He wants you competing with each other. But God has a different dream. He has a vision that the person that you love becomes way beyond what you ever dreamed. Young men, if you grab a hold of this principle, 
you will pursue a woman knowing that I'm going to figure out God's vision for this woman and I'm going to be his tool. And in 20 years, you will not believe how beautiful and amazing that woman is. Ladies, same thing for you. Now, for some of us, you've been married for 20 years. And this vision hasn't happened. Be honest with yourself. Could it be because you've been working for the other side? Could it be because you let unwholesome talk fly out of your mouth? The person that you say you love, you slash and hurt and destroy. Because why? Well, because you've never seen the vision. You've never said yes to God. Yeah, I want to be your tool. I will follow you. I'll do what you want me to do want me to do. I want to be that tool. And I see the vision. Because once you see the vision, there are a whole lot of words that will never come out of your mouth again. I don't curse. You know why I don't curse? Because it'll destroy my wife's heart. That's why. It's not so I can be a good guy. It's because it'll destroy her heart. I'm just like you. I get mad, and you know what I get? What happens when I get mad? All these things start rolling in my head. Oh, I start thinking all these things. She did that just to hurt me. The only reason she's doing this to make me mad. The only, and it rolls. And there's all these things that, all this poison and putrid that's about ready to come out of your mouth, my mouth. And I go, nope, I'm not going to do it. How come? Because there's a vision. There's something that God wants to create in her. And I know that if that comes out of my mouth, it's going to destroy it. And so I stay quiet until I can talk from my spirit, until I can go, God, what do I say in this time? What do I say now? And then be able to speak it. But when we don't do that, our normal flow, our normal talk, the way we've grown up talking. We, you never even thought about it before. I just, it's just a normal way to talk. And when you normally talk that way, you destroy the very vision that God wants to build between the two of you so you can experience incredible passion. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to pray for every man in this room that you'll take the words that you, you, of, your, of, the, of the scriptures. Don't let the unho unwholesome words come out of my mouth. I pray that you'll take those words this week and every man in this room will begin to measure his life based on whether or not he does that. And when he sees that, that poison talk is his normal way of talk, it's the way he fights. It's the way he interacts. He interacts with his wife as if he was on the streets. Lord, I want to pray for every woman in here who would take this passage and be able to go, wait, God, is that how I talk? 
she would be able to look in the mirror and be able to go, oh my goodness, I talked to my husband as if I'm on the streets. And then, Lord, they would come to you and be willing to listen to, to, to see, to build the vision you have for the woman they love or the man they love. And that they would surrender their talk to you to be a tool. And, and that every time, Lord, every time that they're about ready to destroy it, they step back and they look at the vision through your eyes so that they can speak grace at just the right time. In your name we pray. Amen.